What is going on, everybody? My name's Shub. What's up? I'm Yash. Sorry, I was looking at this uh, fantasy. All good. Roster. <laughs> it's fantasy season out here. Welcome back to the Uncharted pod, guys. Um, glad to have my partner back with me. Uh, missed him during my monologue last Friday. Um, yes, it was pretty fun, though. I, I liked, uh, you know, just speaking, speaking my mind. 20 minutes straight was like, uh, I, I looked up. And I was like, oh, shit, 20 minutes. Like, but it felt like a decent amount. And I'm glad it was that short because like, it felt like right. But I'm um, glad to have my boy back um, starting Monday. Uh, you know, the season is right there. It, we're literally at third base, guys. The 22nd, it's already, it's going to be 10 days away. Are you stoked? Because I'm stoked. You switched from the preseason to the season, bro. You, you start every every podcast with a timeline, and now it's the season timeline. It's fun. Exciting. It's like a good, like, you know, a movie, what do you call it? Waning, rising action, whatever you call it. So um, preseason is underway. Super stoked um, about that. And we were just discussing off camera, like, um, I think, Yash, you have, like, a fantasy team. Like, you helped your boy pick out. Let's hear it. Yeah. It's like we, we've all been kind of, like, invested in this a little bit because he's putting in about 50 bucks, and there's, like, 10 people in his league. So uh-huh. it's a $500 pot. Um, Huge. So he, this guy was, like, stressing, and, like, he ran, like, three different mock drafts, and I sat on call with him and another <laughs> friend to, like, like, we were, like, going through, like, live. And he was showing his screen, and we were, like, on the like, whole-ass meeting. Duck. It was it was wild. But um, – this is his team right now is Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, Paul George, Nikola Jokic, John Collins, Lamarcus Aldridge, OG Ananobi, Bogdanovich on the Suns. I mean, not on the Suns, sorry, on the Hawks. Goran Dragic, Aaron Baines, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Kuzma okay. for the culture, and Kemba Walker. For the culture. Kemba Walker at the last bench spot? Really? Well, we just picked him up like in the eighth or ninth round. Um, Kyle Kuzma is like a waiver player. So like he'd be, you know, switched out of rotation. If In and out like, on that. I get that. Yeah. I like, it's very uh, diverse. I think it's very, I think the starting lineup is very spread out. Um, I just it don't is. like the, the Ananobi pick for, I, for, for a fantasy league. I didn't know. I wasn't, I wasn't the one who chose Ananobi. I'll tell you Okay, that good, good. I, I, I was, I was a little confused on that, but I mean, that team, and like his jumper and the way he plays, I feel like he could take a step up this season. He's a championship level player. Don't get me wrong. Like I want that. Yeah, guy I don't think, team, but, but I don't fantasy. think, I don't think he's like, yeah, I don't think he's somebody who's going to produce a ton, but I don't know. See, they, they, they lost a couple players last year um, coming into this year. Right. So maybe you might see him step up a little bit, take over that Serge Ibaka spot. Maybe. Ananobi um, averaged 10 points and five rebounds. Like that's just like, we can see him get to like fifteen in like thirty six. minutes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's just like flat for me, bro. Like in a like, is it a points league? It is a points league, which is why I was like, mm, is he gonna get you double doubles? Like that's the only he's reason. Not. Like, he's just not like these. And Wiggins too is a flat player. Like he's not gonna explode oh. either. Like I don't know. Wiggins, everyone, dude, he's such a controversial pick. I I decided to go for him because I told him at the time like Andrew Wiggins was still on the list after like. I think he was like seventh round, and I was like, "Yeah, it makes just sense. Fucking, just pick him, dude. Like, he's right there. You're not gonna, worst case scenario. Not, he gets you 18 points. Like, sure. Yeah, people just yeah, don't like him because this guy can be like an all-star caliber player, quote unquote, right? The potential he, or whatever. He doesn't have any potential, bro. He can. I'm fine with him winning <laughs> a game. It's year 10, bro. Like, yeah. yo, it's been yeah. This is like his seventh season, so we'll see. It's um, his seventh season. He's been here yeah, since he was 2013. Draft, number number one overall pick, 2014. 
remember to, to many. Oh my god, Jesus crazy. Christ! It's crazy. Uh, no, I completely lied. This is his sixth season because yeah. 2014, 2015. But anyways, yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining us once again. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, we are going to speed up the process of our player projections because the season is oncoming. Uh, we had a really good uh, talk and meeting about the schedule for the pod. Um, so we decided to switch things up for the benefit of you guys um, and for the efficiency of this podcast moving forward. So today, and I just wanted to actually, before we like jump into it a little bit, some stats, dude, we hit 80 plays. What? Yeah. Nice. I didn't We're know that. 81 dropping play, some knowledge. 81 plays for all the time. culture for the culture. 81, 81 plays all time for the culture. For the culture. Um, we appreciate every one of those. Yeah. We've made That's no money awesome. on this podcast, but yeah, we, we've, we've gotten there now. So now do we get sponsored? You mentioned the sponsorship. We have to average daily plays, right? To get that. Is there no, anything dude, we, we can start throwing in sponsorships plays? like now if we wanted to? We just wouldn't get that return, you know? No, it's just us talking about how great Anchor is or like, like yeah. have you ever broke down your car before? You choose AAA, but like. Just fucking start with Old Spice shit. Like, it's hilarious. Exactly. Dude, okay, for a second, we're definitely getting sidetracked, but um, yeah. I watched like the segment of Kevin Hart, like cold as balls, right? Um, yeah. Dude, hit, like he's been having interviews, like he has an ad like in the middle of it. So we know how like every YouTube video now like has yeah. ads in the middle of the videos. That's just like, like okay. typical now. But yeah. this guy in the middle of his show is taking time to like advertise something. So it just goes to show you like ads are everywhere, like everywhere. And YouTube creators too, like they put it in the middle of their video. So freaking um, annoying. It's, it's like you skip all the ads too. to just see them do an ad for 14 Promote minutes. Something else. Oh, it's just so dumb. Like it's everywhere. Advertisements are everywhere. I, I just like, I just don't know what kind of world we're living in. Um, but yes, thank you for that information because 81 plays. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, we just started this for fun, but you know, with slight promotion and, and kind of some marketing, um, you know, we're getting places. So I'm really stoked for that. Um, marketing this pod is definitely the next thing on our list. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, you know, might see some Instagram pages, see, see us on your Twitter feed. So yes, make sir. sure to share love if you, uh, if you're feeling us. Um, we also got eight followers. So shout out to our eight followers. Oh, shout out to our eight followers. I think yeah. two of them are us, but no, it doesn't know. matter. It doesn't matter. It's for the culture too. For the culture. That's the, that's the, um, I guess the theme of today's podcast. For the theme, bro. And, uh, the funniest thing is I, I got 11 people that are down for our podcast now. Cause I, I got like 11 new coworkers and stuff. And they were all like, send us your podcast, send us your podcast. Like they're super supportive and like, how, how's work going, bro? I know last week has been a little rough for you. Me and Shub, uh, we, we, we got into our disagreements last week. It's um, not, this guy did not call it a disagreement. Let's be honest. I call it a disagreement. This we guy definitely argued, but it was, uh, this I guy's was, ready to jump ship. Like off the I bat. Was, this I fucking was, KD yeah. to the Warriors. Like leaving Russ just like that, bro. Um, but anyways, work was rough, bro. And, uh, you know, the things that happened the weekend prior, that yeah. was also snowballed into it. So, um, guys, for those of you who don't know, I have a new job. It's on the East coast. So it starts at 5. A.M. Um, and when days ends at 2 PM and like, I had to fight sleep like every single day, like not to go to the bed that is two feet away from me. Um, and I just like, could not find the energy to like muster up to like put on a good pod. Um, so that was my bad on that. So it, it was rough dude, but like the people are great. Um, today was better. I'm learning a lot and yeah, we're just going to keep it going. And I'm meeting a lot of people. So like, um, we're going to have like, events and stuff and like, just, you know, more people to hang out with or like talk to. So I feel rejuvenated. It's like really great. Though. 
That's good, bro. That's good. Speaking of rejuvenation, there's two players in the NBA that definitely need to show. I love it. Take it. Take it. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, so there's two players in the NBA right now that really need it, right? Russ, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George. Um, hmm. These are two players that are, uh, you know, coming into this season with... Pandemic P, baby! Yeah, see, Paul George is trying to lose that name. Russell Westbrook is trying to, you know, play his game that he couldn't play in Houston with the Wizards. That's right. That's right. Oh, thanks, bro. I'm just on it today. But, um, you know, both these players have immense pressure under them. Paul George just signed an extension, a massive one, mind you, um, for $226 million over the next course of, I think, the, the next four four years. Um, this five. man's getting paid. Oh, five years. He's getting paid. Russell has a couple years left on his contract, but he's playing with a young, um, offensive, heavy Wizards team that he brings his, uh, you know, his versatility and uh, shot creating abilities uh, to the Wizards. So, initial thoughts: What do you think about you know this extension? What do you think about Russell Westbrook? You wanted to talk about both of them today, so what yeah. brought what brought them to your mind? Um. I think if you don't mind, we should take it one at a time. So I'll, I'll I'll let you flip the coin. Who do you want to talk about first? Let's talk Russ. I'm down to talk Russ. Russ is my Let's guy. Talk Russ. Um, Russell Westbrook. So yeah, the reason I wanted to bring he wasn't even in our original um, list, guys. So when we talk about when we revamped everything, we revamped everything for this pod. Um, we started from scratch. We were talking about Russ because um, although we mentioned him a lot on the pod. Um, we mentioned the Wizards trade, you know, just off initial reactions, but now seeing him in action, seeing how he's going to fit on this team, I think it's important to, I think the pressure is increasingly going to be on him, right? Um, yeah. He was traded for John Wall, Bradley Beals, you know, really, really close friend. Um, coming to a new environment, third team in three years, I think that can't be understated. Um, as much of a Russ fan as I am, I know his deficiencies. Um, and so, there's a lot of pressure on him, social media, and I think all NBA circles, like what he can really provide. And all that, the cherry on top of, of that sentiment is just his contract is just going to be brought. This guy can get a 40, 10, and 10 night, and his contract would be like, oh, but is he really worth $42 million? It's just like always going to be looming over him until he gets that sort of value back. And I don't really know how you achieve that kind of value unless, you know, you're top five in MVP voting. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know if we see that out of Russ, but my initial thoughts on Russ and the Wizards is great. I think um, a lot of people are hyped, as they should be. Um, you have, like, talent. I, I was listening to podcasts earlier, and it's just like, when everything breaks down, it comes down to talent. Like, like the fans that are listening to this podcast, uh, yeah. you and me, like, people who draft, you know, fantasy teams, I knew every player on that team you just said. Like, that's all great when you're building out a team, but in the fourth quarter, when it comes down to the end, it comes down to talent. Who has the best talent? And, you know, if you're going to go to war with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, I like, I like, I like my chances um, with, with that, with that kind of backcourt. I, I have uh, something to kind of throw back at you a little bit about Russ. So Russ, um, news came out, I think a couple of days ago, uh, I think it was actually yesterday where it said that Russ is likely to sit on back-to-back games. I saw that. So how does this, how do you think that this is going to kind of play a role in, you know, the overall team culture? Because the, the reason why I bring it up is on the flip side, when we look at load management from a Clippers perspective, they kind of like screwed it with, with the way Kawhi Leonard was handled and give him all that superstar treatment. 
you have a new guy that comes in. I know that he's like gelling with the team right now and everything looks great. Like honestly, the Wizards team looks revitalized. Ah, now I see. I, you're, you're I 25 you're down. Now, yeah. So now you're 25 games in the season, right? Like these games that Russ is sitting out on are like close games. Like, you know, they're losing games that they should be winning with him on the floor. You know, they're like fighting for that sixth or seventh seed. What, like, how do you think players are going to feel in that locker room to see him sit on those games, especially when he doesn't have like crazy nagging injuries? So uh, I saw that report. Can you confirm to me um, if you, if you read it, like, is it a harsh, like he will not play the second game of back to backs? Um, so he's going to be hot. So it says Wizards coach Scott Brooks implied Sunday that Westbrook will be likely um, held out 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 of one half of the back to back sets during the regular season. So okay, yeah, he's not, think, so he's gonna be there. He's gonna be there for some of them, like for about half of them, right? Um, of course. And, so yeah, I so, think I I think you can look at it from a positive standpoint too. Like um, I, I one thing this screams out to me, like the the way you worded that. If you think about it. They're confident they're going to the playoffs. Why else would you rest, you know, a 31-year-old player, um, you know, a quarter of know. the games? If you weren't positive, um, you were going to lock up one of those in those slots. And I think, Do you think they're a playoff team like that? Do you think they have that ability? I think they're, they're a top 10 seed in the East, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. That goes back sure. to the last point of talent where it's like, um, are, do I think the Wizards are going to make the playoffs? Yes. Do I think they're going to be a top eight seed for sure? No, because... Um, how I know they're gonna make the playoffs is just what I what my original point is just talent, right? In that last game, if um, who am I gonna trust in a two game series, the Orlando Magic or the Washington Wizards? Who am I the gonna Wizards, trust in a two game yeah. series, Washington Wizards or Atlanta Hawks? Now that's more of a debate, right? But what, what I bet my money on the Wizards probably, right? And then you know we talked, you mentioned a few pods ago, the Bulls, the Hornets are some wild card teams. I would yeah. still trust the Wizards over any of those guys. So I, I think I agree not that you. they're a lock. They're not a lock um, unless something catastrophic happens. But I think it's kind of smart to say that because if you look logistically, like Scott Brooks is like looking three steps ahead. It's like, wait, we can handle top 10 seed. Like I'm confident in my abilities as a coach. I've coached Russ. Uh, Bradley Beal is an all-star. And these guys around me, we have a good core developing. So I think the front office and the coach are confident that, you know yeah. what, we're going to be careful with our superstar. Um, but we trust our guys enough to, to make up the ground, uh, other ways too. So I, I hope that answers your question. Um, Definitely. what I want to, what I want to ask you about Russ, um, you, you know, so much expectations is, um, you know, upon him and such, how do you think th- this is another shooting guard that Russ has played with? Um, are there any comparisons, um, to how Russ played off James that you can draw to how Russ is going to play? with a guy like Bradley Beal, who might be a couple steps notches lower than James in terms of a score? But honestly, I don't really know if we can make that comparison because they all played in a different system. So it kind of comes down to Scott Brooks versus Mike D'Antoni, right? So I'm thinking that we might see some sort of like play from the way they played in their Thunder days rather than comparing them to, um, comparing him to, uh, you know, the, the, the Russell Westbrook Harden pairing um in houston under mike d'antoni um yeah i I think that you know the way the offense runs like you're probably going to see russ defer to to bradley beal more to make shots but beal's going to probably defer more to russell westbrook you know you know create plays get to the basket um and make those mid-range jumpers uh 25 of the time when he does um I, i i when it comes to pressure though i don't really know if 
Russell has as much pressure on him as he does in the in the sense that like he's got to prove himself not to take the team to the playoffs, but like is he really like a good leader and is he somebody that can take a younger team, you know, a team that has a lot of potential and kind of and kind of um, you know guide them in the right way, like almost like what Chris Paul had to do for the Thunder last season. That's yeah. the pressure he has, um, and I think that. Yeah, but he's got more talent. He's got more talent, though. Bradley Beal isn't just like a a better version of Shea, you know? No, I know, no, exactly. Um, But that being said, like, Bradley Beal is obviously younger, and he doesn't have the experience that Russell has. Russell played in the finals. Um, Westbrook also, you know, played alongside some teams that, you know, were competing for the Western Conference Finals and played in the Western Conference Finals. So it's like, it's a different ballgame. So he has to bring that knowledge to, like, their young guy, Denny, that, you know, came off of playing in Israel. you know, developing that star, giving Hachimura, you know, the looks that he needs to get better, you know. Um, Thomas Bryant is also, like, a phenomenal player for them who's young. Yeah. Um, and, you know, since he's starting over Robin Lopez, like, you know that this team is looking to develop their young guys and put some pressure on, like, you know, making the, the right plays. Like, Mo Wagner, who, you know, I was really high on when he's on the Lakers. He's still a great player, gonna, by the way. So that was going to be my next point. It's like, I can never picture, like, former Laker bench warmers that are succeeding elsewhere. You know what I'm Dude, saying? It's just crazy. Mikhailik is good. Ivika Zuba. He's starting, bro. He's starting. Yeah. These guys are really good, dude. Like, I, like Mo Wagner, like, wow. I was I was kind of peeping him into fantasy. Like, this guy was putting up, like, 10 and 10 nights regularly. Is, um, but he's he's Bryant's backup, right? Yeah, but he also plays, like, some sort of, like, so power Bryant's forward player. role, too. Um, it's crazy, like, though. Like, yeah, he's, like... Yeah, he'll show up here and there. Like, um, he's pretty. What good. I want to bring up, tonight. what I want to bring up uh, to your Russ point, I think that's, I think that was, I agree with it, and I think it was the first thing that was brought up, and probably in the front office is like, hey, like, we know what this kind of DNA this team is, and like, we know what experience you have, we want that kind of leadership here. Um, and you're right, I, I, as you know, the biggest Russ stand, you know, I know, I think there are huge questions about his leadership and what he can do, but. You have to remember that like, every teammate Russ has had, they speak nothing but amazing things about him. Like, absolutely nothing but amazing things about him. Like, honestly speaking, the only bad thing you could talk about Russ is, like, his, his, his on-court decision-making. I don't even think you could call his defense bad. He's not bad uh, as, a, as a point guard, as a defender. It's a with shooting, so many, dog. With so many, scoring, uh, so many scoring point guards in the league, you can't fault him for his defense. You can't fault him for his shooting because he does. He you don't average thirty points in this league if you can't have some sort of a jumper. And he was damn close last year, right? His numbers dipped true. because of the playoffs, but he was averaging like twenty-seven for the season. You don't he do was. that if your jumper's off. That's why I say his decision making is extremely poor because um, when his jumpers when his jumpers off, which every player that happens to, he continues to take it. Um, take continues to take three so I really do believe it's just the decision making that is the cause of all this hatred towards him because and this frustration towards him so I agree with you that the leadership has to be there and what I'll what I'll come to your side about is like leadership starts with on-court decisions as well too right like how are you setting the tone and the example um, for them and I hope what I'm hoping is Bradley Beal can sort of be that guy for him um that he's going to work alongside with to, you know, produce well. And, you know, he sees an efficient score to the left of him. Um, and it's like, you know what, like, I, I'm going to pick up some things from you too. Like maybe some like, yeah. you know, shit on my jumper as well. So I'm really looking forward to this pairing. 
I, I think that, okay, so I, I pulled up his tracking, like, shots dashboard on the NBA, and the thing that glares out to me, okay, other than his three-point shooting, which is terrible, is the fact that, you know, about 35% of his game comes from pull-ups, and from the three-point line, he's shooting 24%. Um, granted, like, threes? that's... Yeah. Pull-up threes is 24%? <laughs> yes. That's actually <laughs> better than I would have expected. Not going to yeah, lie. But, I mean, like, his pull-ups from the mid-range, like you said last season, it improved. He's shooting 41%. That's his, that's his bread and butter, though. He's yeah, been pulling 40%. up from the mid-range since 2008, though. Yeah. But, see, and, and that's where, like, to me, if you're an MVP player, you should not be averaging 41% when you're shooting from there 35% of the time. I need to see that in the 45, 45%-ish range. I mean, because you're an MVP caliber player, right? And you're not going to get MVP numbers playing on this team as you did in on the Rockets because you're playing alongside another star and you don't get as many shots. Because it took him to average a triple-double to get an MVP, right? No, or I understand, MVP but race. I, I mean, so like, um, his numbers last like, season, he played alongside an MVP. He still had MVP-type numbers. I think 25-8-8 eight, and eight is MVP numbers. He was averaging 27, 7, and 7. But even better. I know. I mean, yeah, it's it's good, but I don't think I mean nowadays I think to, to be an MV, in yeah, the MVP conversation, you yeah. need to be averaging at least 30 a game. It's better. And you need to be like, you know, have like the people the that bar, are the, the bar has risen for sure. The bar is definitely it's much higher. Like you have to be in contention for a scoring title, goddammit. Like Yeah, literally. To, to like earn the narrative, honestly. But I think for him to get twenty seven, seven and seven on the on No, the he can't. He can. I think but, he will. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's not like a question in my mind. My question is like, I don't think that's going to be the redeeming factor. I think for him, see, he always starts off at the beginning of the season. Everyone questions him. Um, and then in the middle of the season, like he'll start playing really well alongside whoever he's supposed to be Just playing. Just to make it up and then go back to like, you know. Yeah. And then, and then like last year, the, the, like the, the thing that blew it off was the fact that in the playoffs, he was just garbage. Like he was one of the reasons why they lost. Yeah. Um, so I think Imagine him, like you're an NBA player and your worst season to date is 27, seven and seven. Just imagine. Yeah. That's honestly unheard of. Honestly, his MVP season, that dude was shooting 50 shots to get where he needed to be. Uh, I don't know if he even, uh, no, I'm talking last season too. Like your yeah, worst yeah. season is, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's pretty nuts. He's a great player. I just, I just wish that like sometimes start like, next year watching, no, just watching him play as a fan maybe like what do i know but dude sometimes like i'm just like why didn't he just pass the ball there or why did you shoot that jumper but you know 20 other players that you're like that with yeah but like with him it's like i I think it's just more it's like glaringly obvious because i think it's because his game is so explosive it's like why does he choose to shoot when he can get to the basket every single time i mean when we're not considering like why he's shooting this like it could be a multitude of reasons like oh he's like you know tired or he wants to like take the jumper because he thinks he's open yeah but whatever the I, case may be like like sometimes we'll just be watching and it's like dude a stutter and like a hezzy cross and just like you know you're straight to the basket like why are you yeah. why are you taking this like pull of three when you know Bertans is open in the corner you know i guarantee you that will be a moment in the season that will just be upset i'm super excited uh, to watch the wizards bro like night yeah. one is gonna be nuts i mean i'm very excited um like, I think he's going to succeed, though. Wait, I want to ask you, though, like, if you want to continue, just, like, him and Beal, though, like, how are they as a collective going to look in the backcourt alone? I think they're going to be great because Beal is a scorer first, and I think Westbrook can play pass-first game. So Westbrook has played really... with scorers all his life. Yeah, so he, that's why I don't think there's going to be any problems. He doesn't really... Same player. 
I think if anything, this pushes Beal into the all-star conversation more. Oh, yes. Because especially if they can reach their ceiling, which people are talking like six seed, fifth seed. Yeah, and then you're gonna you're gonna start seeing them, especially with like players that might decline, like Oladipo, who are playing in that All Star. Gotta have hope, baby. I have hope. I have hope. I I took a lot of risks. I I told that. I told I told my friend to take Oladipo too, but like, I think Bradley Beal will outperform Oladipo this season. Like, and that's who he needs to beat, right? To I guess get the All Star spot. You know, even as a reserve, I, I think that's something he can do. Sidebar: uh, One of my homies told me, um, all right, he told me Brandon Clark of the Memphis Grizzlies, former rookie. He had if they trade Jonas Valanciunas, he will be a top forty fantasy player. Why would they trade Jonas? I don't know, but he just said that if he gets more minutes and he's I mean, maybe. a starter in Memphis, he's a top maybe. forty fantasy player. I, I mean, because he's playing alongside John Moran. You need to return the crack you're fucking smoking because that's fucking. Dude, you never know, dude. You never know. Like somebody has to make up for those points. But... Twenty-four all stars. Think about oh, all the electric shoot. players. I guess. Like, okay. When, tw- how okay. is that forty? What the top fuck, forty? Man? Like this guy has to average like what? Like at least twenty-one. Seventeen and seven. ten. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? No, he's not gonna do that. I, that pissed me off. Dude. I mean, I think he's gonna. He would obviously play better, but like. Um. Anyway, sorry for the sidebar, but um. We talked about the high risk players. I took guy for for reference. Uh, my draft last night with my homies. I took Kevin Love, uh, Demarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, Victor Oladipo, and Mike Conley. So talk about dude in twenty fifteen. High risk, been high reward. I'm always addicted to like you know po- uh, post prime players because I think they have a little juice left. That's like I'm o- yeah, that, I they always have think a they're low key. Yeah, yeah, they, they have, have a reputation, and they and if you yeah. look if you look at the post prime numbers. They're still fantasy esque. You know what I'm saying? Like they're literally yeah, they're like enough to get seventh round, eighth round. Like versus like um, uh, a Grayson Allen, who like people are banking on. Oh, you should show a slight improvement. Like, dude, even MPJ. Like I would bet. Like if I'm placing money on my team, like I am going to take the safe bet in Kevin Love's numbers rather than MPJ. But the right? problem you know there, saying? the problem there, and and the reason why it's a problem is not that they're not going to perform, but it's are they going to play? Is Kevin Love yeah. going to be Injury. up for the whole season? I think in a season like this one, where like you don't really know what's going to happen. Week injury, I'm fucked. I honestly don't know. Injury, I'm I, I told my homie not to draft anyone that's not playing for a contender, or like be very sparing if you're going to draft someone that's not a contender. Well, because, good dude, players. Why would the Cavs care? Too. Why would the Cavs care about COVID? If the if one player catches COVID, <laughs> the entire that, that that night they're not playing, and then you're gonna be you're gonna be pissed. Mm. And guess what? You're losing your you're losing that week, right? Oh, that's Versus, a good way to think about it. Yeah, because now you think about it, like the Lakers, something to play for. You think they Yeah, you think they're gonna have COVID scares? They're playing for the goddamn championship, bro. They're everyone on that team is 100 percent locked in, ready to go, except Kuz. Like, not nah, dude. Even Kuz. Like, okay, wait, pause everything. Why the fuck do we not lead with this, bro? Okay, I don't want everyone, our 81 listeners, our, you know, five people that are listening to this podcast, I want you to listen to me, put down your drink, whatever you're saying right now. Taylor Horton Tucker I knew you were will win the Kia that. NBA Most Valuable Player in 2021. And there is Absolutely. no question in my mind about that. This guy is unfucking believable Left, day one. right, drives to the basket, arc on the threes, crossing people up, snatching Kawhi. You name it, he did it. On Mike Breen's call, literally on ESPN prime time, bro. Yeah. I I just Seattle don't Staples see. Center. I just don't see how like this guy Kawhi, didn't crack man. the rotation last season, bro. I I didn't stole understand the ball it from Kawhi, dude. He, his length stole unparalleled. 
seven one. Seven one wingspan. But more more importantly than that, like I think the way that he can move his body and finish already speaks volumes, right? And he has got a mid range game and a three pointer that can like, you know, get better over time. The three needs I, to get better, but yeah. Yeah, but like if your only problem is shooting threes as a He's big so man, shifty too, as, a, as a big guy guard, like his length is able to shake dudes. That's the thing. Like when he's triple ridiculous. threat and he's like, he's in his hezzy, he's so long with the hezzy that it really sh- like freezes yeah, dudes. Yeah, because you get scared. If you either go with it or like, you know, Ooh, he's he finds the lane too. He's such an amazing finisher. Yeah. That boy nasty, bro. I hope, I I'm hope so he gets, excited. I hope he gets minutes when Bron and AD sit for some games. I don't know where, the, honestly, like if, if he does not play in the rotation, I can't be mad at Frank because I don't know where you find minutes for him. Like that's just me because again, you have proven you're players. Coming, like you come into the season though, it. like you're not proving anything in the NBA by being first in the standings again. You have a bunch of young guys. I think you no, start. You can't take a risk. No, you won't. And that's why, like, you probably alternate. You know, playing LeBron and Anthony Davis. But the team this year is much better than last year. Like, you don't Which need makes it harder guys. for guys like like young guys like him. Yeah, but Tucker is going to fill in that wing spot that they that they already are missing from last season, right? No, they have Matthews. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have Matthews. But last year they had KCP. Green, KCP, like Bradley also was there, right? All these guys have left, other than KCP. I yeah. think this guy. I think this guy can find some minutes, like in some games where you'll you'll see him playing like fifteen minutes, in like a a game against like a lottery team. Well, LeBron is now at that wing position because I think Schroeder's going to start. That's the thing. I don't think Schroeder's going to start. I think he is. Why would you? LeBron why would you start Schroeder with Kuzma? LeBron's back at the three, but what he does on the court, he's not going to resemble a three. We know that, but it's going to, in terms of the depth chart, LeBron is. It's LeBron, KCP, uh, Matthews. That's I'd rather start. I'd rather start Bron and at, at, like he's going to be the point forward anyways. Might as well just play Kyle Kuzma. But I no, nah, I would start Dennis because you take pressure off him when he's like he's fucking thirty six years old. Like even if he does bring the ball up every time, the ten percent of the time Dennis can have it in his hands. If you like make him a point forward again, and I understand we won a championship, but this is another year. Like um, he had something to prove last year. Like if you if you just have a guard there who can bring the ball up, then it's fine. Just bring the ball up eighty percent. Who's can bring the ball up, bro? That's fine. You got to develop him. You got to develop him. Yeah, if you not want as him a to be ball the... handling like playmaker at the top of the key. I don't know about that. The guy's a scorer. So, like, the whole point no, would be you play LeBron for five, 10 minutes, and then you bring in Schroeder. Schroeder will play out to the half. But Kuzma's not a ball handler. Kuzma doesn't need to be a ball handler to bring the ball up, bro. He doesn't need to make any plays. Are you, if you talk about playmaking, you, I, I think you, like, what the hell is LeBron going to offer, bro? You think he's just going to sit there? Like, let the let the man play. He has, what what did he play? What, what did he play when he was with Kyrie? That's my point. Yeah, but Bring I would have started shorter. Mario Chalmers. Shorter. That's my point. I tweeted about that the other day. Anyways, we got way off track. Yeah, um, back to Russell Westbrook. Huge sidebar. Thank you for our sponsor, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, go check them out on Tuesday versus the Phoenix Suns. Okay, um, they're a good team. Russell Westbrook is um, with Bradley Beal. Um, I think they're going to play great together. I think we already established that. So that's why I think a lot of people like said. Um, they won the trade, the Wizards did, because the fit is kind of the same. Like, Russ should have no problems with them. Um, my only problem, I want to touch on this if we're touching on the Wizards, um, there's a lot, there's a bit of, you know, over-optimism with their core, right? And maybe it's like my thought process, but you're expecting a huge jump from Rui. You're expecting a huge uh, jump 
from uh, Bryant. Um, Bertans, I can trust. Lopez, I can trust. Um, but then after that, I, I don't really know um, who, who's really out there where I can really be like, okay, give him the ball. He can, you know, make something happen because um, I think they were so, you know, caught up with this Westbrook addition that, um, you know, they didn't really have enough money to make a ton of moves. Robin Lopez leaving the Bucks was a very surprise move, I think, to everyone as well. So, um, what do you think about their depth? And is it enough to, you know, be where everyone thinks that they might be? Dude, honestly, I don't think that they're that bad of a, a young squad. Like, Hachimura has length that he can use. They have Bertans as a, you know, a great three-point player. Like, he can shoot the three from a, from a ridiculous clip, right? Thomas Bryant's also good young. Denny, I don't really know what to expect out of him, but... Denny, the rookie, right? Yeah, he's he's all right, but... Like, when you look at the team overall, they have the pieces necessary that Russell had on his other previous teams. You know, yeah. not, not a bunch of crazy stars, but a bunch of guys, you know, who are willing to play hard and work hard. And that's all you kind of really need to make the playoffs, um, particularly in the East, because when you have two superstars on your squad, like you just need players to kind of play their role and, and, and fill. And I think they sense. have, yeah. And they have, and they have good fill players. Like Hachimura doesn't need to take a massive leap for them to be great. He just needs to play the way he did last season. Mm. Same with Thomas Bryant. Like, like, you, you might expect a little bit more from each of them, but then they also have a lottery pick. And hopefully that lottery pick pans out to be something a little bit more than, um, you know, what they expected. But he is a playmaker. Like, Denny's good. And if, if he's if this uh, international player is anything like, you know, the last international player we saw, uh, we're in for a very nice three-headed monster, you know, yeah. in, in Washington. So that's pretty exciting. Dude, my uncle lives in D.C. I should go visit him next year because – I want to go to a fucking Wizards game. That's fucking tight. I'd be I'd be interested in seeing these guys play. I would. I wonder what the I wonder what Capital One will be like now because I feel like for many years, like the Wizards were just kind of like under the radar. It was like encapsulated by the tweet that when Isaiah Thomas tweeted, like, dude, like Bronny James Jr. has more games on ESPN than the <laughs> Wizards do, and it's like, goddamn. But it makes sense. Like, who the hell wanted to watch the Wizards when it was just Bradley Beal and a bunch of rookies? And remember, we talked about all the East teams that can make a push for rest, right? And how their um, accessibility would instantly be like, you know, pushed to the top. The Wizards won that sweepstakes. And it wasn't like they were yeah. bad or anything. But I think Russell Westbrook, I, I don't think this is a huge argument outside of Washington, D.C. Um, Russell Westbrook is more watchability than John Wall with just everything he brings. So um, they definitely won that. And that's really exciting for them. Um, final question, what are your expectations for Russ next season? Stats-wise, and I guess you could project a record. What's going out there? Um, I think stats-wise, he's probably going to average maybe a little bit more. I think you could probably put like 28, 9, and 9. Revenge season, baby. Yeah, I think I think I think he'd be damn near close to averaging triple doubles on this team. Like he has like the last five years. Yeah. So but like, yeah. But like I, I think it would be a little bit more than he did last season. So we might see like, you know, him averaging a triple double at, at some point in the season, he will be averaging a triple double. Um, team win wise, the team won 25 games last season. I'm slating them to win 40, 40, 30 record, 40, 32. That's high. That is high. I mean, they can win 40 games. I think they're both 500. I think because you're higher on their supporting cast than I am. 
Um, I think Russ is a system so of like what four games, four or five games. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good question. I think I think he'll be around the same. I, I, it's a revenge season, but I don't think a statistical boost necessarily dictates. You know, oh, he improved inside. I think it's like a style of play. Are you efficient? Um, how well are you playing? Are you having good like breakout games? Things like that. Um, so I expect like maybe you know twenty six points per game. Um, maybe eight and a half assists and you know seven and a half rebounds per game and just can I just want to see I, I think he plays with pace I think he plays with control and um, you know more patience on the court his stats are going to take a, a hit a little but he's going to have a great great season otherwise and, and he's going to be efficient you know around that 47 percent I expect him to be and his three-pointer yeah maybe like 35 36 ish so that's what I kind of expect you think he's going to shoot 35% from three? Yeah. Dude, he shoots 25% right now. For, how about for his career, though? I wonder. Is that really too high? 32, 35%. If the guy shoots 35% from three this season, bro, he's literally going to have one of the best seasons of his career. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if that's too high of a projection. Um, while he looks that up, um, I will go ahead and reintroduce, I guess, our second. Um, player projection, Paul George. Um, he kind of falls under the same bucket. Um, immense pressure this upcoming season. Shoots 30%, by the way, for career. Wait, tell me his best season. I'll look up his best season. Uh, his best season, three-point percentage, is 34% when he played in Yikes! 17. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm banking 35% would be a career high, dog. Yeah, yeah. You think I he's going to have a career it. high? By 1%? Yes. Doug, he hard. hasn't shot like that for four years. That's fine. That's super fine. In fact, 2019-20 was one of his career worst seasons. That's fine. You Second can, to you worst. Can, you can reorganize yourself. Scotty Brooks is a good coach. Yeah, 35 36% is not a lot asking for an NBA player to shoot. That's a career That's a career high from the 3.0%. Okay, Lonzo Ball has shot 43%, 55%, and then 58% from the free throw line. Like, are we going to, like... Is saying he's going to average 60, 65% from the free throw line. Oh, like you really believe in him? Like, no way. Yeah, but shooting threes that's, is, that's, is that's a attainable. lot. It's a lot harder than making free throws. I mean, but I mean improving, sure, by 1%, improving by 1% is not a big I mean, shoots 30, 30% average dog. I, 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 I'd slate him 38, to. 38 would be 30. blasphemous. That would be crazy. Uh, I think I think he'll get to like 30%, which is a 5% better than last season, which is not bad. <laughs> Anyways, we just continue uh, talk about Paul George. Paul George, pandemic P. I don't like calling him that. He's another one of my favorite players, bro. Like I'm telling you, we talk about him. His 2019 MVP season was something to watch. Like I watched that all the time. This guy was everywhere. Game winner after game winner, clutch shot after clutch shot. This guy just like was everywhere. And you just love to see. And I just couldn't believe my eyes because he's coming off such an, a terrible injury um, with the leg thing. Yeah. Um, I actually saw his All the Smoke episode. Um, uh-huh. and it was, it was good. It was good. I think really it, it's kind of true to what they're saying. He kind of is, I don't want to call him fake, but he does tiptoe a lot, dude. Like he doesn't really, I mean, he's taking ownership and stuff like that, but the whole doc thing and I, don't, I did not like that. things. Um, I, I think there were a lot of excuses that he had like prepared and such that don't really sit well with me or like sit well with a lot of fans. So he's got that cleaning Absolutely. up to do, but um, you know, 
he basically said like, Hey, like I had shoulder surgery, so I couldn't really, you know, exercise or get out much, but you know, I'm ready. I'm back with my trainer. Um, yeah, because he started playing in November. So he missed training camp, that whole thing. Um, so he's back, he's like ready and stuff. So I'm excited for like, what to see for him, but, um, throwing over to you, like, what do you expect out of Paul George individually, um, for his game, forget his team, forget who's on his team, but what do you expect out of him and, and, and the system he plays with? I think he's going to play better than he did last season. That's for sure. Like 21 and a half points a game. And like barely getting to like six rebounds a game is like, I think questionably, you know, it's a pretty bad season for him. Um, I think coming into this year, like he needs to be a little bit more. I don't know if there was much truth to the fact that he's just like Doc Rivers used him as like a shooter. The numbers uh, said it wasn't. There was there wasn't a ton of truth to that. Like they, yeah. they looked up synergy, like how many, how much, what percent of the time did Paul George actually come off pin downs and things of that nature? And it was really, really low. Yeah. So I, I didn't really understand that. He did shoot a career high from three this past season, though, which is cool, I guess. But I think what coming was it, into 39? Shot 41%. Wow, that's really good. How many yeah, attempts? Pretty... Uh, I think it was off of like eight attempts. So it was almost making like three, three out of eight. It's not bad. But I think coming into this season, we could see him get into like maybe averaging like 23 a game. I think that's something that's doable for him. Um, it's kind of in the mid-range for him. And like on this squad in particular, like he needs to step up. And... I think if you can get him to like have, you know, some of his bigger nights where he's, you know, dropping 30, 35 points a night, like that's what we need to see from him. Um, you know, his OKC season was clearly his best one, you know, where he's averaging 28. I don't know if he can get back to that um, playing alongside Kawhi, but like those nights that Kawhi sits, he needs to be the guy to kind of just take over. And he hasn't done that. And that's why people are mad at him and upset the with the organization. I think he, can, he can average 28 again. For the reason he can, saying. he definitely can. Um, if he's the guy that they defer to um, in those situations, I think that he can be a really great player. But I just think with Kawhi that resting, that's why I think he can average 28 again. His off the court antics, bro, are I think what are just the nonsense that kind of brings down the organization as a whole. Like, why are you taking shots at your old coach, you know, the moment he leaves? Why? He destroyed Indiana, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Like, that's a whole nother topic. Like, he went after Dark Rivers, then he went after Indiana. Like, why are you doing this? Why is it that you need to continue to keep talking when you can just prove it through your action, right? Kawhi doesn't say anything. There's just rumors that float around about him. Um, we don't know if they're true or not, like him asking for, like, private trainers or, like, a freaking mansion, a jet for his uncle, whatever the hell it is. But the fact is that they're all unfounded, right? Like, Kawhi's not speaking on them. But, like, Paul George will come out there and be like, yeah, dude, like, this is what's happening. And then, like, he, like, tiptoe around, you know, certain questions. And, you know, he said in the in the postgame presser when they lost the Nuggets, like, oh, there was no championship expectations this season. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Like, of course there were. Everyone and their moms wanted you to be in the Western Conference Finals, including the Lakers. And, like, it was a shock to see you guys not make it. Um, and that, and like, you... that the mentality that you're going to come into this season with, like, these are all questions that increase the pressure on him. Like, like stop the off-court antics, like play the game that you're supposed to play. Try to average 28 again, you know, be top five in MVP voting, top six. And then we can have, you know, a conversation as to like, you know, 
And and we're not talking crazy. Like he's done it before. Like the potential is just like there. This guy can be a top ten player whenever he chooses. Literally, I believe that. Um, yeah, and, and the injuries might have barred him. I, I I do give him that. I, I think that you know that is something. No, but I I think I think you can't. Yeah, the shoulder injury I I excuse him for. But if he's all right with that in November, I just don't know how you how you get around with that. But um, another one of the antics I guess or excuses you got to list is just like. Um, I don't know if you saw the episode, but he was basically explaining like after game five, when they lost, um, they were just like um, the issues and stuff. They were like, you know what? We're all right. We'll just get him back. You know, game six, we got, yeah, there we were no adjustments. We got uh, PG, we got Kawhi, like we got Bev, like this shit going to be all right. Game six happens. This shit going to be all right. Game seven happens. Just no adjustments or accountability. And he was describing like how that was kind of their vibe, like all season and how that needed to change. And uh, it's pretty crazy because he didn't leave teams. He's, he kind of spoke on them like he was on a different team or he left them. It's like one thing, if you're Montrez and you're just simply saying, oh, I don't think they wanted me. And of course, that became a story for no reason. I mean, it's just plain facts. The Clippers didn't want him back. But you're on the current team. You're talking about the culture. You are part of the culture. You are a yeah, leader. Yeah, I just didn't understand that. Like, he's talking about it like he was almost like removed from the situation. Um, and it's like, who, like are you, like, who are you talking about, bro? Like, Ivica Zubash said this, Lou Williams said this. Who cares? Like, you're the guy who represents the team. Why are you talking shit on your own team? You shouldn't be going out there and saying, yeah, we didn't make any adjustments or like that's the reason why they lost. I could guarantee LeBron's not saying that when they lose, when they lose games. I can guarantee you Anthony Davis doesn't say that. If they do say it, like, there are the people that will be making the adjustments. In his defense, I think what you alluded to like just to like give him a pass like the only question and like the biggest question out of that was just like what happened why did you disappoint you guys on paper you're supposed to win the championship how 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 did you go out like this and so i think he was explaining you know what a team looked like and like how it it didn't gel correctly as, as he thought it would and he's explain pinpointing reasons as to why but that doesn't excuse him because the dot comment completely counteracts to that. It's like, yeah, why would you say that? That and doesn't make any sense. You have control over your touches on the court. You yeah. have control over that. So that is the antics where it's just like, what? That didn't make any He's sense. Just making excuses, bro. Matt Barnes came on the jump, and that was a segment. They were like, oh, Doc used this. And Ramona was talking about, like, if you look at the numbers, it's not true. And Matt was just like, yeah, no, PG's just in his head right now. Like, he just needs to get out of his own head. And he was on Obviously. the show with him. It was so fucking funny. He was calling him Obviously. on the show with him. Dude, this guy, I remember watching when he first came to LA and became a Clipper. Like He was like, I'm super healthy, super excited for this season. Like, we're ready to go. And injury was not a part of the question then, yeah. right? You come into the season, they're not really playing well. I can see the narrative kind of shape up in the locker room. Sure, Kawhi and PG are there. Like, we can kind of coast. But come yeah. playoffs, like, I don't think anybody was thinking that other than PG. Like, I think everybody else was like, yo, we need to win and we need to win now. And this guy is like, after every game they lost, he was probably the guy that wasn't making I like that take. Sense. I like that he take. He was the guy that wasn't, like, doing the I things that he needed you. to do. And that's why people got upset. That's why you see players that were like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, you played all right in the season, but, like, now when it comes time to step up, like, y'all are losing. And you're the one that's not making the adjustments that Doc's saying because you think you're better than everybody. Like, 
and Kawhi probably did the same thing. He's just like, oh, there's some bullshit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's why did his part. I give him a pass. Kawhi did his part. Did he? He didn't play that well. I think he did. Yeah, he did. He played okay. He played okay. You give, you give him a pass. It's one game. It's one game. Sure. That, dude, yeah. that dude's he lost game seven. on his own. Yeah. For his career, he gets an absolute pass. Sure. 100%. Sure. This is a bad season for him. Like, he was kind of, like, figuring out stuff. And I don't know if the, you know, off the courts and rumors are Even true. if Kawhi had an off game, PG, like, had 15 off games. So, like, who are you going to exactly. really blame it on? It, you know, it's just ridiculous that it came down to that. And then we didn't even get to, like, the news, which I don't even know if, like, I'm in the mood to talk to, like, talk about anymore. Like, this dude got a five-year, like, 190 extension. If you're the Clippers, you kind of had to do that, though. Cause, like, for being pandemic future. You, you, you gave up your entire future for this guy, and you kind of just have to go with it at this point. Like, whether Kawhi stays or not, like, you just got to pay him, and I think they did that. But from a personal perspective, like, looking at the way Paul George plays. A like, culture I, perspective? I, I'm, I'm going to just bring it back to like what I said earlier in the podcast and where you got super upset with me, but Paul George supposedly is supposed to bring the same amount of value as Kawhi Leonard when it comes to playing in that position. They both are two-way players, right? That's what you, that's what you signed the 226 million for. That's what he got signed for. The See, when you explain that, things better, like there's less anger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I'm coming from when I said that, like, no, I agree. They're on the same level. Yeah. You're you're getting those two guys, and the reason why there was so much hype behind them was that they both were two-way players that were playing on the same team in the wing spot. You haven't seen that before. You thought they were going to build this crazy wall where people would not be able to make threes, right? But they would kind of just shut down NBA offenses and kind of really be able to run the ball and score on the other end, right? But you're not – like, defensively, the team was good, but it was nothing great, right? Like, yeah. and offensively, they were actually the second-best offense in the league. Yeah, they were. But, um, it just I don't know. It, apart. And like they were the fifth best defense in the league too. Like it, it worked, but it didn't work when it came to necessary because the player that needed to step up, Paul George, took a step back. And him blaming other people, being in his head, saying all this nonsense just makes me as a Laker fan really happy that the Lakers didn't go after him or didn't have the opportunity to because what we ended up with was a much better team. And a much more, I guess, gelled and like put together squad. If, if Kawhi wins Finals MVP this season, is Paul George a Hall of Famer? Yeah, dude. If they win a championship, Paul George becomes a Hall of Famer. Do you really think that, so? I think the bracket to make it into the Hall of Fame is like. I understand it's easy, but you still got to think about it. Like we're not letting fucking you know, fucking Derek Fisher in there, like you know, so. But Derek Fisher is not one, right? one, one time champion. We're talking like six time all star, most uh, most improved, two time all NBA second team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's there. Um, if you're if you're an all star any more than five times, like you're in there, dude. Even, any more than three times, honestly. No, nah, no. Nah. If you're in there any more than three times, and you have other accolades to your name, like you're like. I don't a, think Al Horford's a. a Al Horford is not. If a, Al Horford won three championships or two championships, he'd be a Hall of Famer. No way. One hundred percent. No. If he's a two-time champion, three-time All Star, bro, you would see him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe you wouldn't be a first ballot, but he would sneak in there. No way. No, yeah. you'd have to have more. Maybe you maybe have to win the, the third one. Maybe you have to win that third championship to like solidify your Hall of Fame resume. But bro, like you can like you okay, can make a case. My question is: Are you an All Star during the championship seasons? Yeah, you would have to be, I'm guessing. If you have you know. to be. I mean, why wouldn't you be an all-star during those championship seasons? I mean, for Dwight, 
and Rondo, for example, they weren't all stars, right? But they're going to be Hall of Famers when they retire. But they have so much more than a than, uh, hyp, uh, hypothetical Al Horford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, no, one hundred percent. But like, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I think Paul George has more, right? So that's why he, he has a case. Gets, he has a case. He has a case. He has a case. But if they um, don't win the NBA Finals, which I, do I would think. also have to say, Lou Williams was very disappointing. Like he was not a good player at all during the playoffs as well. So, and the Clipper fans, like, I'm sorry if you're watching this. Like, we love you too, and we want your thoughts. But Sergi Baca is not your savior. I honestly do not like Clipper fans, so I <laughs> I take everything shoved upside back. Like screw you guys, I absolutely. No, but, but you can definitely listen to this pod if you're listening to this yeah. pod all the way through. Then no, I really appreciate the support, so I'll respect you. Like, but Serge Ibaka, like you're gonna need a lot more help than him and Luke Kennard, like and Nick Batum, who's been oh, chucking up bricks ever since he joined the contract. Like, bro, Taylor Horton Tucker. Who would you rather have on your team, Nick Batum or Taylor Horton Tucker? Taylor and Tucker, bro, any day. Like, I just don't understand. Like, young side, or, but I mean, I look at look at their landscape, bro. What were they gonna do? They signed Marcus Morris, they signed Luke Kennard, and then they signed Nick Batum and Serge. Gun to your head, does Paul George get traded in the next four years? Absolutely. <laughs> that was like no thought, like given whatsoever, no, bro. He was. Did you see the rumors that he was shot before they signed the extension? But I understand. Do you, you know understand how funny how- that is coming from the Clipper organization? Just, just take this back, Shub. Think about it from a year ago when yeah. Kawhi signed with the Clippers and we were all super upset and Paul George came, right? And we were even more upset because this guy said he's going to be a Laker. And then they tra- you saw how many picks they traded. They traded away their whole future. Everyone yeah. suddenly ESPN analysts put Clippers as the to win it all. Right. I've seen the videos. I've seen yeah. the compilations. Everything. Yeah, the <laughs> compilations that Laker fans have made, honestly, go to. You go a year later, the team across the hall wins the championship. You don't even make it to the Western Conference Finals. Right? Your supposed messiah, Kawhi Leonard, hasn't performed. And you know, his right his right hand man, Moses, decided to just decided to just take a vacation and say he was injured during the whatever the hell he said, dude. Every time there's a new excuse. Like they just they, they they shopped the guy. They're like, yo, Russell Westbrook for for Paul George, James Harden for Paul George. Like you're just throwing shit out at this point and just expect. If I had to, if I had to bet my life savings on it, I'm I would bet my life savings that his name was thrown in trade talks. Like, of in, course they were, dog. In September, in September, or some shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Like this guy, like uh, probably offers more value being traded right now <laughs> than he does on the squad from what he's shown last season, which is why the pressure's on, which is why this guy has to, like, actually play, like, you know, he's that that equal guy to Kawhi Leonard. Can he do it? I don't know. Like, Kawhi is not really a scorer in the regular season, and that's where Paul George generally excels. Like, he's a guy that will give you the numbers, and he didn't do that. He didn't do Um, that at all. um, I agree with you. You're making me not like Paul George because everything he said was spot on and on the money. Like he is kind of a headache. To, like I don't understand. Like I was. And a you fan. just signed him for five years. That means you're basically just saying, like, this guy's my culture. Like, but but my counterpoint was like, do you do you know how how much trouble it was to trade Russ Russ's contract? Like, think about it how much nice. you're saying. Absolutely, it's they're gonna trade him. Look look how much trouble it's gonna be to trade Paul George. I I don't think he gets traded anymore. I mean. You got to trade him before his contract. I think you have to keep pushing this window. I I think even though the patience is running out, he doesn't get traded this year. Next year, I don't think he gets traded unless they like tank. 
Unless they have to resign Kawhi. Like that is their entire game plan. You resign yeah. Kawhi coming into this season. And Holy honestly, shit, Kawhi, if he makes like crazy. if he makes like life decisions, he probably might stay. But dude, what what what's stopping this guy from going back to the Spurs? Hey um, yo, one thing one thing that I heard about Kawhi that I wasn't happy with, like this dude used to live in San Diego. Oh yeah. And he would take the he would take a helicopter to practice and he'd be late. I don't know about helicopter, but like he did bro. what the fuck? Like who commutes like two hours? I don't think Is that normal for, to for do our, work every day? For international and uh, outside of California listeners, like if you're going anywhere in SoCal that is more than 50 miles away, like you're talking sometimes up to three hours of traffic. Yes. Like, and that's and like no it's, joke. That's no joke. Um, going 40 miles an hour. And, and he would use a private helicopter to get through all of that. But it's just like, yeah, you're still late to practices. So from my, from what like, just to go on that point, um, LA is, um, LA to San Diego is 110 miles, roughly. Did that really that drive it? is no minimum than three hours. Just, just to come up on your point. You might think, okay, well, a mile a minute, why is that not two hours? Because LA traffic, welcome to Southern absolutely, California. Absolutely not, dude. You're not going 60 miles an hour. And like, oh my God, for him to do that and for him to still be like, I can see why players on the team were upset. Like, you're not seeing that superstar. He doesn't get a pass for that. That is, that is ridiculous. Well, first of all, like, cool, you like San Diego. Why the fuck are you living there when your job is like 120 miles north? Yeah, and you're also makes rich no sense. to the point where like when you have like days off, you can literally go do freaking go live there like four out like four weeks in the year, dog. Like no one's gonna stop you during the yeah. season. Or train there. Yeah, in the off season. Why aren't you down there? Like yeah. it doesn't making make people I, late on the plane because you're you're late and shit like that. That makes no sense. like I actually want to get to the bottom of that. I, I was listening to Roger Bell talk about it actually on the I think it was on the ringer. I think it's called a mismatch, and they were like real ones, real ones, yeah. The the real ones, yeah. He was like yeah, if I'm late once, twice, like I wouldn't care, right? But at some point, like it gets to the point where, like, you know, I'm a man, I have kids, I have family. Like, why the hell do you get to do this time and time again where you're I late? Too. And for me, like, I I don't get that pass, right? So eventually, it, like, rubs off on you, and you're just like, this is this is stupid. And I think tr- like the the Clippers, I feel bad for them at times because like their organization, like they're so desperate sometimes to like make things work and be in contention to like, you know, have, have a contending, uh, like a championship contending team that like they had to do whatever they could to like make this work. Yeah. And. Well, I, I know, I know Balmer would rather be in this position than not in it. And exactly. Seven and, games, so and I don't it's see, a, it's a good problem to have. And I, and I don't see other teams like willing to do that. I think, I think there's like standards yeah. that they set, but like, the Clippers are a team that would like bend their back for their players to like make sure that they have the best possible treatment, blah, blah, blah. But like you would never see, well, I, not, I, I would compare them to other bigger market teams. Like I don't think I would ever see the Knicks do this. I don't think I'd ever see the Heat do this. I don't think I'd ever see the Mavs do something like this either. I just think like Kawhi had so much leverage. Dude, the guy came to the Clippers winning like, he was the best player in the league when, when he signed with the Clippers. Yeah, he did. Like, in the Clippers' mind. Like, literally, like, he came off a championship and finals MVP. Like, of course that season he's going to be able to do what he wants. And no one's going to say shit to him because he produces he, when he's on the He court. absolutely did what he wanted, bro. He literally, like, the diva narrative is never on this guy. And this guy straight up 
requested a goddamn trade for Paul George by himself. I know that was that's some snake Straight shit we've away. never seen before. Like that's some free agency like wizardry we've never seen before. You know, Honestly, so I think res- that's respect to him for making it happen. But now you got to deliver a championship. Like you got to deliver the trophy for the for the for the for the Clipper fans and and the Clipper you know fan base. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you expect out of Paul George this season? Twenty four a game. No, okay. that's uh, reaching high a little, but I think he can get there. Twenty four and seven. Seven rebounds, like make make this your year where you prove all that all the doubters wrong, and make your team get to the Western Conference Finals so that we, as NBA fans, can finally freaking see a Lakers Clippers match. Finally, in the eh, Conference it's Finals. not going to be as hype anymore. I thought, that's still a wash with Dude, our what you, added roster. Roster. I no, no. I just want to see it. Like being an LA native, Doug. Like it's kind of absurd that the two LA teams have been bad. They've never met in the opposite times. And then the one year where you have teams that like the two teams that are supposed to be competing for the championship out of the Western conference, one of them doesn't show. It's kind of ridiculous. Like as an NBA fan, like I want to see that. I want to see the Clippers play the Lakers. It would be so great for the city of LA. Um, It would be nice. I think, uh, you know, they definitely have a weaker shot this year, but I expect PG to average 25 and a half, um, mm -hmm. seven. I think, maybe six six and a half rebounds a game and then the assists are always gonna be like three three and a half but i i'm really going forward with his revenge season i think paul george can average 26 while Kawhi averages 28 because if you think about it you know they lost some scoring options in harrell um sergey mm-hmm. is going to take a defensive role uh further lou williams is going to get his pat bev doesn't score lou Kennard is not you know efficient scorer, so they're going to have to take a lot more of the points um and especially if Kawhi is resting, which is like what we're kind of yeah, expecting. it's Paul George's team, man. Like this, and is it's for it's it's his regular. for the taking too. Like he can take it. Like he just needs to uh, like do what he he, he can. He's accustomed to doing so. Yeah. Um. He just got to get his shit together. Um. That's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh. We really appreciate you guys listening. Um. We talked about Russ and Paul George. We hope you guys have excellent seasons. Uh. We really do. Um. Yep. We're just fans of the NBA in general. Forget you know we root for but both you guys are excellent players paul george seriously like a great player just show everyone what you can do um that's gonna do it for us guys um uncharted pod we're gonna be coming out to you guys monday wednesday friday um with an additional two players we got really really exciting things coming up in the works as the season progresses we're talking about award predictions we're talking about standings predictions um you know who are the rookies we like that are looking good we know labello balls popping off don't think we forgot talking about him um, you know, what do the Lakers like look like this season? Uh, you know, final trade thoughts, you know, last second prediction changes, um, you know, hot takes before the season starts, all that coming up soon. Um, fantasy advice as well. Just stay tuned. This season's going to be amazing. Uh, we're super glad you guys joined us um, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys in a little bit. So uh, take care, stay easy and uh, peace out. Peace out guys.